All right, welcome everybody. Leo Cannell here with the Seven Figures Club podcast. Today we have an amazing guest uh, making an appearance all the way from the UK. We've got Paul Ace, great name. Paul Ace uh, is actually the uh, founder of a system that helps to improve conversions and reduce overall cost through webinars. Uh, if you're a successful online course creator, or you're looking to do that, then he's passionate and his team are about serving you and creating white glove service where high level strategy meets technical expertise. They turn your leads into conversions and conversations. Actually, they turn your leads into conversations and those conversations into customers using an 80% human-like experience and a 20% actual human experience. So you can close more sales and reduce customer support time. They have a fully scalable solution that allows you to generate more customers to maximize every lead opportunity via their multi-channel approach without having to hire or fire extra staff or worry about growing pains. Some of the amazing entrepreneurs that he's worked with, John Lee Dumas, the EO Fire podcast host who regularly has a million plus monthly listeners on his very world-renowned podcast, Pete Vargas, uh, Ray Higdon, uh, a friend of mine that I sponsored an event with, amazing uh, network marketer, Screw the 9 to 5, Gabe Schillinger, He's got connections, obviously, in the, the ClickFunnels world, the online marketing world, et cetera, et cetera. So welcome to the show. We're excited to have you, Paul. There are over 32 million businesses in the U.S., and over 90% of them will never break seven figures in annual sales. So how do we as entrepreneurs or aspiring entrepreneurs break into that seven figures club? This podcast will relentlessly share the secrets, strategies, and tactics I've used to create three multi-seven figures businesses and bring in even more successful entrepreneurs than me to share their inspirational stories and tactics to success. You can create your dream business in life right now. So buckle up and let's go. Leo, fantastic to be on, on the show as well and uh, speak to a lovely guy across the pond. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, we appreciate you taking the time uh, with the uh, the time difference there in the UK and and so forth. So, you know, as the last uh, several months have happened and the craziness uh, with the pandemic and so forth, obviously a lot of businesses marketing and, and their focus on how to get to their customer and client has changed. How have you seen that uh, change and, and how has uh, your model of helping you know, businesses to connect and, and small businesses and online course creators to connect through webinars. How has that changed over the last few months, would you say? Yeah, so I, th I think you're very much right in terms of a lot of people. When March happened, a lot of people are like, oh, well, what are you going to do now? <laughs> and you're like, well, actually, this business is growing and growing and growing because so many more people have come online. It's, I think they said it, it's sped up the e-commerce e industry by like five years. In in this in the space of seven no months, question. which is just just crazy. So there's opportunity where you look for it, right? And um, one of the big things that we've seen is different ways of doing webinars and also different ways of applying conversational commerce. So it's kind of like almost in unison of what's gone on in the ecom world. There's also this this big change going on in in ccom, which a lot more people are starting to talk about conversational commerce. Uh, and actually people using things like messenger and multi-channel communication because now it's not a case of you just speak to someone on email or you just speak to them on facebook then 
you need to be everywhere where your customers are. And that's why we've seen the biggest change in the terms of way webinars are being done. It's like using email, SMS, messenger bots, um, voicemail drops, personalized images, right? Just using all these plethora of tools that you've got available to you. So people feel more connected to you. And that's what I think people want more than ever is connection. Absolutely. So as this pandemic's happened, people are feeling less connected. And so for those businesses and entrepreneurs that have pivoted to waste more platforms, more communication angles to connect with their customer, those are the businesses that are seeing a lot of good results. Then. Yeah. And, and one of the things about that, with a lot of people working from home now as well, you have this more instant gratification that people want. Right. So imagine if you wanted a customer service response uh, and you're like, oh, I'm going to message them and I'm going to drop them an email about it as well. And, and you drop them an email, you go to work and then you go, I'll check my emails again at the end of the day. Now, when you work from home, what you tend to do, you'll go, I'll start work. I'll email that person. I'll go and make myself a cup of coffee or a cup of tea if you're English. Uh, and then when, once you've done that, you'll come back and you go, I'm just going to check if they replied. Right. And that's like 10 minutes later. Yeah. So the the thing is, the majority of people expect a response for our customer service within 10 minutes. I think this is according to Forbes. And the average response time is 12 hours. So what we, we look at is actually applying that more from a, a, a marketing and a selling perspective of how can we create it where they feel like they're getting that personalized customer experience through the whole journey. So the then, then the customer has been pre-framed so much by the time they get to the webinar, they actually feel like they already know, like, and trust that person as opposed to it just being, oh, another webinar that I want to go on, right? Or that I want to learn one thing from. It's actually you creating familiarity because that's what breeds success. Perfect. Yeah, I've seen this online where more of the successful uh, entrepreneurs that are building eight-figure businesses are talking less about that old webinar model and more about conversational domination and conversion. So how, how do you define that converse, conversational conversion? And what are some of the changes that uh, the business owners need to make if they're going to survive in this new world? Yeah, the listen, there's still a place for like just cold ad to a webinar, maybe to an application or to a, a pitch. And, and then that's it. And at the same time, if you look at Facebook right now, there's a lot more privacy laws coming in place. There's a lot more, uh, there's only a certain amount of real estate there, right? So well, it's like a newspaper. Once all the spots have been filled in the newspaper, then it's a supply and demand thing. So once the, the demand outweighs the supply, then the prices go up. So as the prices are going up and up and up across different channels, you see a lot of people over the last 12 months moving to YouTube. So they're all saying, oh, well, YouTube's a big thing now. And YouTube very quickly over the course of next 12, 24 months is then going to become the same kind of process. And everyone will be like, oh, TikTok's the thing or Snapchat's the thing or Reddit's the thing or something different will be the thing because there is always something that, that is the next big thing, right? So that, that being said, you, you have to look at how do I actually nurture that those people? So even though the costs of ads are rising, I can actually maybe even reduce my cost per acquisition. So some of the ways to do that is reaching those people on multiple channels. One, making sure more people show up to the webinar because you can have the best party in the world, 
if no one shows up, it's not really the best party. Well, you're just going to be sitting in the corner eating sausage rolls on your own, and it's it's not a lot of fun, right? Not fun. So been there, not fun. <laughs> not fun, not fun. So that being said, looking at how you can prove those short rates, one of the things that we do is we'll look at a business and go, okay, well, what are you doing to pre-frame them before the attend? What are you doing to actually get them onto that webinar? So one of the things we'll look at is quizzes. And that quiz, for example, maybe you're selling an Amazon course. It would be like a quiz around, is an Amazon course right for you? Sorry, is an Amazon business right for you? Or if you are selling, I don't know, how to get your dream job. It'll be like, let's see uh, the if you're following the three things that you need to do in order to get your dream job right now. And the idea with those quizzes one to get people thinking and two at the same time show them where the gap is because if you don't show someone where the gap is imagine it like you've got someone on one side of the grand canyon and one side of the other and if they don't know the gaps in the middle they're just going to fall through the cracks Uh, and instead what you need to do is build that bridge over that and say hey this is where you are right now this is where you're going to get to i'm going to show you what that gap is and then i'm going to show you how to solve that gap when we actually get to the webinar. So then you do things like quizzes, you'll do things like voicemail drops so they feel like they've had a personal touch with you where we'll send a a ringless voicemail to the phone. Just like, hey, just wanted to check in and say thanks so much for registering for the webinar. Really excited to have you on there. Make sure you're there on time, pen and paper in hand, ready to take notes, right? So you're doing all these little pre-framing, these little nuances by the time they get to the webinar they already feel like they know, like, and trust you. And that's the most important thing if you want to close more sales. And if you've got more people on the webinar, you've got more opportunities to close. So it's hard to close a sale if no one's there. Absolutely. Now, when you're uh, working with uh, different customers, are, are most of them, do they have a webinar? What if there's business owners, you know, startups out there listening to this podcast and they don't have a webinar you know, what, what should they be thinking about and why should they consider that, uh, you know, webinars and all these different online techniques are going to help them with their business? Yeah, and that, that's a great question. And one of the things that we've, we typically work with clients that are doing 100K plus a month and we're called Amplify Seacom. So we amplify what's already working through conversational commerce, right? Yeah, exactly. Go that, that broader spectrum than a lot, of, a lot of the time we'll see people that have got a strong email campaign or maybe they've got even a few holes in the back end sequence where um, the, the hardest thing at scale is, is to make sure that you're always bringing people back into the customer journey and not just going, okay, well, I'll drive them from that ad to the webinar and then go, fingers crossed, is it going to work? Is it not going to work? And if it doesn't, then you just go, well, you know, they're in the email list now. We'll maybe send some nurture emails instead of going, right, What's the plan this month? How are we going to bring people back into that sequence and send them up the ladder? So if you're just starting out, simplify the process a little bit. And you've either got the opportunity of making do a, a case study video or you could. I know Dan Henry kind of popularized the, the whiteboard webinar. Right. And that, that's a great way to do things. If you're first starting out is just to get a proof of concept, go go and build a community on, on, on a Facebook group or something like that. And uh, just say, Hey, if I was to do a training on this, would you be interested? 
people are like, yeah, 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 yeah. Great. Get them to get notified through either email or SMS or whatever you want to make sure they turn up for that event and then just get your whiteboard out, do a whiteboard training. And then once you've done that, if anyone buys from it, you go, okay, I've got proof of concept there. If not, you go, okay, maybe I need to change things a little bit. And you're doing that without the risk of going spending thousands of dollars on ads in your first week. So I see a lot of people all go, right, I need to go and get traffic. And they'll try and do it themselves, but they're not an expert. So it's better to do some organic strategies, get the proof of concept and get the messaging down. And once you've got the messaging and the offer, then you can go, right, let's put all these other pieces of the jigsaw in. So what we do is tends to be for more advanced strategy and, and, and hyper growth. Very good. What do you think some of the mistakes are that people make as they're building that email list or they're building that community with a Facebook group? What are some of the things they should be doing? And what are some of the things that they do that they probably should avoid? So one of the things is forgetting that every single person on that list is a human beating heart, Mm. right? They're not a number. Yes, when you're digging into analytics, you need to look at them as numbers. However, when you write in any kind of copy, you're having a conversation. That's all it is. You're just having a back and forth conversation. So write as if you're having a conversation. Not, Don't write like you're doing a blog post, right? Don't, don't write like you're doing a news article. So like we've just got a new copywriter, brand new copywriter is coming to training. We won't let him loosen anything until he's got all, all, all the pieces in place. Um, I, I keep giving him pieces of copy. And then he sent me one back today and and I was like, okay, it looks more like an article the way it's structured as opposed to when I write, I won't write always full sentences. I'll write short form as if we were chatting back and forth. And what one thing that people, if you looked into this more, it's fascinating, absolutely fascinating is the world of NLP and embedded commands and all those kind of things are fantastic. And in fact, if you just started to look into NLP just a little bit, you, you'll probably already see how that can make a difference in your business just by looking into it just for a very brief amount of time. So using certain words and phrases in, in the certain order suddenly increases conversions dramatically because of these embedded commands that are being created throughout throughout the copy. Amazing stuff. So, Paul, what, what led you at the beginning to have the confidence to launch this business? What was your background like where you're like, you know what, this is really something that a lot of business owners need and are missing. And, and me and my team are going to launch this and, and build this business. What, uh, what was that process like to make that decision to start this business? Do you know what? It was a, a weird one, to be honest, Leo. And I, I've been, I ran my first business when I was 16. And it was just like a, a business at school, this like young enterprise program. Yeah. We sold T-shirts. It was great. We had one design <laughs> and, it, and it was Maglietti Italian for T-shirts. That was it. That's all we had, one design. And then over time, I went through those different businesses. We got to, I think it was 2018, 2017. And then I was a wedding singer at the time, and I, as, as you do, and I decided I wanted to create some lead generation online and create some kind of buzz to get more brides to book me. So we started off, we created this Dream Money Secrets box. I was like, create this info product, then people will buy that. We'll make it a self-liquidating offer. And if anyone doesn't know what a self-liquidating offer is, it's basically all you're doing is you spend $10 in ads and you look for $10 back in sales. 
So you break even. That's all you're looking for because then you can build unlimited customers. So we did that, sold about 250 of these boxes, started doing a little bit of fulfillment house and everything. Thought I was on top of the world at the time because I was like, oh, look at me. I'm using the fulfillment house and everything. Then um, we found out what they wanted and did a survey and they said we wanted bridesmaids dresses at a reasonable price. So then I started the bridesmaids dress business. <laughs> we... Uh, we, we did that for around 18 months. It did about $100,000. And what we didn't realize is we were calculating our return rate incorrectly, where we thought our return rate was 10%, and it was actually 40%, because we were calculating it on the month when it had ha- happened, right? Because the sales were going up. But the lifetime we, value was much higher than that. Yeah, yeah. So that, that was great. But then here's a great thing. Well, here's the thing that's not so good about bridesmaids dresses. If one doesn't like it, they send them all back. Okay, so you might get an order for seven bridesmaids dresses and then one goes, I don't like it. It makes my arms look big or something like that. And then they all go back. So then we had $24,000 come back in two months. Uh, And every time I said I got post postman at itis <laughs> where the postman would come and i could hear you know the little beep with the scanner when they scan yeah. something every like, time no. i heard that beep no. and it was like another 300 dollars. every time it was like beep 300 dollars, beep 300 dollars. so at that point i was at that was my brick wall that was the point of no return as they, as they say the epiphany bridge so to speak yeah and it was like I had to take out a loan. I had to borrow money from family just to just to pay this stuff back. And I had to still run the ads because I couldn't afford to stop running the ads to pay for the return. So I knew this stuff was coming back, but I had to keep paying for it, which is crazy. So I did one exercise. And if anyone is at a crossroads in the business, you do this one exercise, it will change your life. And that is you draw a line across the middle, horizontal line. And I said, what am I, what do I enjoy? And what what do I hate? Right. So what do I hate on the left hand side? What do I enjoy? And what do I love essentially on the right hand side? And then the vertical line was what am I rubbish at? And then what am I amazing at? And then I literally plotted everything that I've ever done in business, everything from doing the accounts to doing the marketing, to doing copy, to doing messenger bots, to doing everything. And then I copied all that. And then the one thing that came out was messenger bots that I was good at and I enjoyed. So I went into that got into that a little bit more. And then we realized that we didn't want to build a business on a platform. Wanted to build a business on something that was grander than that. And that, that that's where Seacom was born and this conversational commerce. And we realized it wasn't messenger bots. It wasn't SMS. It wasn't email. It was conversational commerce, having this process where if you're actually speaking to people in a conversational way and building a relationship, you're going to make more sales. And then here's the thing. If you can automate 80% of that in a human-like way, then you can naturally make more sales as well. So that's where that was born from, really, if that gives you an idea. <laughs> it does. And what I like to define that is pivoting to prosperity. And it's a huge lesson because when you first start any type of business, you know, you're growing, you're seeing some success. And then, like you say, you start to see, oh, you know what? My product's getting returns. I'm dealing with all these problems. And that's ingenious. So what did you call that formula? Were you basically defining everything that you love to do in your business versus everything you hate and then everything that you're good at versus everything that you're not? What's what's the name for that? That 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 there's probably that should be a book and, yeah. and a whole product because <laughs> there's so many business owners that 
maybe 70, 80% of them are going through that problem. And how can you pivot to prosperity? That was an amazing breakdown that you just shared. Yeah. I mean, I don't, we haven't got a particular name for it. I kind of call it like the, the, the crossroads, crossroads diagram because it's in in a dual way right so you're actually putting a cross on there and at the same time you tend to use it when you're at a crossroads in your business so by and here's the thing you can put another layer on top of that so let's say you've got imagine you've got the four quadrants and and you're going to have this quadrant where it's like okay these are the things that i'm really good at and i enjoy them as well now there might be quite a few different things that are grouped around the same thing so then you look at that and you go okay well how can I go a step further on that? So then we'll go, then I'll do, what do we enjoy? And then the other line will be, um, well, actually a, a better way of doing this, which we've done before is how scalable is it? That's an important question because if you, you're banging your head on the ceiling and you can't scale it, then you get back to stuff you hate. Yeah, so you've got a vertical line, how scalable is it? Yeah. And then the horizontal line will be, how much money can I charge for it? Right. Because and you might think in some ways they're the same question, but but they're not. You may be able to charge twenty five thousand dollars for some kind of coaching program. However, if you're doing that one on one, it's not scalable. But if you if you've got something that you can productize where that's infinitely scalable, then, yeah, you may be charging less for it to start off with. But then you overall, you're going to make a lot more. So and there was a Russell Brunson podcast that I listened to a long time ago and he said you can have a level 10 skill set, but if you're in a level two opportunity, you will never make the kind of money that you want to make. And I've seen that happen over and over again with myself. And I've also, I know uh, Joel Joel Earway, he, he was selling webinar things to engineers, mm-hmm. right? And engineers, did they have money? Yes. Were they willing to spend it? No. And that's where your third crossroads can come in. So you go, do they have money? Yes or no? And then you write down, then you choose your avatar. So you go, do they have money? Yes or no? Uh, on a scale of one to 10. And then are they willing to spend that money on a scale of one to 10? And then look at the people who are willing to spend and able to spend. And then then you know what you like to do, what you're good at, who to serve, where to find them. That's like a business in a box. <laughs> Absolutely. Amazing, amazing uh, stuff that you just shared there. So when you're going through and you're you're building a business and you go through challenges and failure, how, what has been the process for you to get through that failure? And, and how do you look at uh, failures you're growing a business? Yes, it, and, and that's a great thing that not, el- not enough people talk about is really, you know, if you're not failing on a regular basis, then you're not growing quick enough because you're either growing or you're dying. So you have to fail fast and often. And the way we look at it and we've got a board of advisors and i i i had a couple of uh, challenges the other day where where we uh moved move some clients around and stuff and at, at that time i got a message from my board of advisors was to say hey here's the great news it's happened now so it may have cost you this much right now but it would have cost you 10 times as much if you figured this out in a year so any situation that happens in your business if it's a if it's a fake quote unquote failure, which I, I prefer to call a challenge that's that you've got to overcome. If there's a challenge in your business, then it's still better for it to happen today than one year's time, wherever you're at, 
right? If you're at a million dollars a year, it's better to happen at a million dollars a year than it is to happen at $10 million a year. If you're just starting out, it's better to happen when it's just starting out than it is when you're at $100,000 a year, right? So wherever you are, it's always better for it to happen now than it is to happen later because it's going to be more painful later on. Absolutely. Now, you've connected up with some amazing you know, uh, people like Ray Higdon and, and John Lee Dumas and, and Joel Irway, some of these guys that have really built uh, fantastic organizations. Uh, for a lot of people out there, connecting up with a, a key influencer like that can make a huge difference in credibility and growing their business, et cetera. How, how have you been able to consistently connect with uh, great people like that? So I was around six months into the business and I was like, again, the whole level two or level 10 opportunity. I was like, how, how do we take that to the next level? And I, I figured out this, this process of, if you imagine every entrepreneur or every one of your ideal customers on, on a score chart, right? So imagine it like that, go, going up. And uh, like you have the level one people who got no idea, right? They're literally just like, just dabbling. I'm, I'm going to click on a few buttons and see what's around. You've got the level 10 people who might be people like Tony Robbins or Richard Branson and those kind of people. Then there's those people in the middle that maybe are hard to reach. But if you were to reach them, then you would be able to work with the, the one, the step below. So what I did, I said, how can I give so much value to someone who is a level eight or a level nine that then they refer me to someone who is a level seven. So what we did, we created a podcast and we called it Build My Bot Friday. And I basically reached out to everyone I could find who was an influencer in the space and said, hey, would you be willing to be on our podcast in return? We will build you a bot for free that you can use in your business and take away the same day, use it live, uh, we'll build it live and you can use it, take away in your business for free. And that's what got John Lee Dumas on the podcast. Uh, and then from there, then I use that as leverage, right? Because once you get one, you only need one. So once you get once you get one, then I took that one and said, reached out to everyone else and said, hey, John's already going to be on the show. Uh, and then they're like, oh, he's on the show. You've got credibility. Exactly. And I know that's the way John actually did his podcast when he first started out because he had uh, Pat Flynn. He he mm. went to an event and reached, uh, spoke to Pat Flynn and said, would you be on my show? And Pat Pat said, yes. And then what he did, he went around the rest of the conference and went, Pat Flynn's going to be on the show. And they're like, oh, cool. And then he got these big names and then suddenly instant credibility. And then what that did is John was impressed because I think we, we improved his short rates. Like we, we built it. I was like, okay, well, this one's a big one, so I'm going to build it beforehand and actually talk about the results on the show. So then you get a testimonial at the same time as him being surprised and shocked at how much it had increased. So I think we improved the short rate to around 62% or something like that. So it's well, like, massive is- for his audience because he's got a huge audience. Exactly, which, which was great. So we went, went ahead and did that. And then he was like, hey, I'm going to refer you to these guys called Screw the 9 to 5 and um, introduced me. Our first launch together, we went, They the previous launch that they did with the same thing the year before, because they did like an affiliate challenges. They did $35,000. The very first launch we did together, we did $293,000. So then that suddenly then put me on a benchmark with alongside those kind of people. And then we worked together for about a year and then they were looking for something different in the business. So we worked on some other projects and 
at the same time, then that opened doors because people saw what I, I was doing with them on the challenges. And then they were like, oh, could you do that for us? Could you do that for us? And that opened up like the doors with Pete Vargas. And then that opened up so, some other doors as well where we got introduced to other people. So that's how it kind of all came together off that one thing of how can I give someone so much value that it would be irresistible for them not to get on a call with me? Phenomenal, phenomenal stuff. After we're done, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking of some uh, different groups we work with that uh, we'll probably want to make some introductions to that do some of these challenges and other things. And and uh, boy, if they could uh, tap into some of these uh, ways to increase their conversions, they're going to be very, very excited. So let's kind of break this down. What you just said, you said, number one, you you've kind of have a platform and, and Russell Brunson's talked about this. When you have a platform like a podcast, like some sort of YouTube show where you can, you know, give someone the opportunity to kind of promote their business and, and build value that way. That's where you start. And then the second thing that you did that I think a lot of other people, even with podcasts don't do that I need to do better is how can I give more value than just the platform, than just the opportunity to share. And it's in your case, what do you do? Well, Oh, well, you know, I'm going to teach them how to do messenger bots and increase their conversions. And so whatever someone's doing, that's the next step is what value can you bring beyond your platform? And then once you've got one really big name, now you've got instant credibility. You serve that person or organization as much as possible, and then they refer you. And then you, and then now you start to name drop. Oh well, you know, EO on fire is is uh, with us. You might want to work with us too. And it's like, oh yeah, of course, of course we do. Yeah, that instant credibility, and that's how you can grow and scale a business very fast. That was an amazing thing you just shared. And it just it it it's a gift that keeps on giving. And if it wasn't for the pandemic. I mean, we we would have potentially been going to Las Vegas as well right. with, with 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 John and Screw the Nine to Five because of because then we came fifth in the KBB uh, I think fifth or sixth in the KBB uh, affiliate launch together. So then that would have opened up more doors, right? For for those kind of things to to meet more of those people at those kind of events, and we and we didn't get a chance to go because obviously it got cancelled with the pandemic. Um, however, you know, it's always leveraging opportunities and taking the, each opportunity as far as it can go. And the, the other thing to note on that side of things is the people who are more f further along in marketing and, and further along as partners and the, the, basically your real ideal clients, they're not the ones engaging with your posts on Facebook. They're not the ones commenting on everything that you put out there. They may like it, right? So I, I know some high income entrepreneurs that, that I've had conversations with and we, we uh, discuss partnerships and things. And then they'll go and like my post to just go, Hey, I'm still watching your stuff. What the, the ones who are always commenting like, yeah, me, you know, when you say who wants this free thing and everyone's like me, 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 nine times out of 10, you may find it very occasionally, but you, you're not going to see Tony Robbins commenting on your post saying, Oh yeah, send me that freebie. Right. You're not going to see people like Perry Belcher or Ryan Dice commenting on those posts because they're too busy running their business. So the higher, more um, experienced entrepreneurs are the ones that are closely just keeping an eye on things all the, all the time. We, we've now partnered with a, um, a, a client and, and they, they've done a hell of a lot of revenue, multiple, like eight, multiple eight figures. And I said, how do you know I was good at what I did? He said, I've been watching you on social media for a year and a half. Never commented, never liked a single post. I had one conversation with him a year and a half before prior, 
And he he'd watched me on social media ever since. And he said, you've been consistent. You haven't wavered. You've just been consistent through the whole process. And so that's something that's really key. Everyone writes posts to get engagement. And I'll do the occasional one, right? Just to just to keep things interesting, build a lead list, and we can use them for other things. But the majority of the time, I'm thinking, is my ideal customer seeing this? And I used to have this thing of like, oh, my God, what's the point of posting? I only got two likes on it. And now I'm going, doesn't matter. Because every time I reach out to someone now, they will they'll say, oh, it looks like you're killing at the moment. Because all I'll do is put results posts on a lot of the time. And then I'll do a breakdown of how we got that result. So I'm giving value at the same time as positioning myself with authority. And then that opens up more doors for the future. So what are some of the keys to building that consistent social media campaign? Is that something that uh, you as the business owner should be doing? Should you have team members or third parties helping you out with that? Because you're right, that consistent social media and posting, and, and what are the platforms you recommend uh, focusing on so that those big strategic partners identify you as someone they want to work with in the future? Yeah, and that that's a good question. And consistency is, is massively important. So what what I look at doing now is on a on a Monday, I will write seven days of social media posts. So I'll, I'll write those out. And then each day, all I need to do is go and find a picture that goes with it. That's usually some kind of weird pattern interrupt. I'm very, very good at just making really ugly things that that go on social media because it, it stops your eye. And that, that's important because everyone's putting pretty yeah. pictures on there. So I'll, I'll just go and put really weird colors and weird text together a lot of the time or funny, funny things that catches their attention. So we'll do that at the start of the week. And then we have a, uh, a VA on our team as, as well. And what she does is she'll, she'll go back through my personal Facebook page. She'll take those posts and then she'll schedule them into Hootsuite. And then she'll schedule them for our business page to go out every two days. And then she'll schedule them on to go on to LinkedIn as a blog post every, every three days. So we've then got content going out every two to three days across LinkedIn and Facebook. And then I'll take that post that I put on my personal page and also go and put it in a couple of the Facebook groups that I know it'll be relevant to. So then it's taking me like 10 minutes a day. Once I've done that initial maybe hour and a half, two hours of writing at the start of the week, 10 minutes a day, and then we're good to go. And then the other part of that is something that we're just building out because I was like, I don't, what what I did is actually I built six months of email content uh, in, in about a week and just wrote that and put it all in autoresponder and let it run. So that was a starting point. What you can also do is take your social media posts, as long as they're in a conversational way that gives value, take all those and turn them in and put them as your part of your autoresponder as daily email sequences. So you, you're always repurposing everything everywhere down the line. So, And the next step for us with that is building a content machine where we go, okay, I'm going to record a video and I'll take that video and then give it to the uh, team to transcribe they transcribe that video they turn it into a linkedin blog post a reddit blog post to uh, potentially put it on cura answers on and things like that as well so we put all that there then we take that put it onto youtube we put it onto a landing page we send that then we can send out an sms once a week to guide people back to that value piece and then under that value piece on the landing page then there's got a link to a book a call with a soft call to action which is just like hey if you um uh, and by the way, if this has been helpful and you want some help us doing that in your business, then uh, go ahead, just 
enter your details below and uh, yeah, we'll look forward to jumping on a call and seeing how Amplify can help you grow. Oh, phenomenal stuff. So the first thing that I'm hearing is you schedule it. Every single Monday, you know for an hour and a half, two hours, you're creating those social media posts for the next week. And then you've got some VAs, some people on your team, they're going to take that content and then make it work and customize it for each platform, whether it's LinkedIn, Instagram, Reddit, uh, whatever it is, and YouTube. And of course, then there's going to be a link so that they can actually take action if they like it. Yeah, exactly. And that the like I say, the important thing is consistency with that. And one of the things that I've found that's really changed for us over the last few weeks is, so we've had a VA for, I don't know, maybe four or five months. And what I've started to do is bring her on our daily huddles. Now that that goes from her being a VA to being part of the team. Now, while, now she's part of the team, I have a different responsibility to make sure I get my stuff done and make sure that that i'm always ahead of the curve because otherwise she's going to be messaging me saying hey i need this but now i'm like i'm letting a person down not just someone that i've spoke to on upwork that doesn't really feel like a human it's just you know what i mean it's kind of like almost like you're on a uh on, on a video game on your phone or something where you just message people and you go oh look i got some work done and it magically appeared now you're like oh wow that's actually a human that i'm having this conversation with and i feel responsible to make sure if they've gone and done the work on their side that I need to do the work on my side. So for example, each morning now we have a system where she'll send me two podcasts to reach out to. And you'll, I mean, the way we got connected is she, she reached out on my behalf, but I'm actually writing the, the details of how that does. And then she'll send me this reply that you send. And then I'll send the reply in our project management system of what to send back. So I'm not scattering my, info around everywhere going okay i need to go and check four email accounts need to check my linkedin she just says here's the things that i needed to reply to today and then i go and reply and she sends it back out so you're speaking to me still without me having to do all the legwork of just going around the houses so what is the key process to finding a great va and, and building your team up and finding the right people to uh build the organization that you can trust that uh that that are going to share your values what's that process been like for you so a little bit trial and error um, and at the same time culture fit is massively important so we a lot of people won't won't go and do a a, a phone or a zoom interview for a va they'll just go oh i'm good what well in fact what i used to do is i'll just go and hire five of them and then just see which one does the best work and then from there then i'll get on a call with one of them uh, or maybe let's say two or three of them did a good job and then i'll get on the call and, and then we'll talk through kind of okay let's let's find out if you're a good culture fit strong culture fit after they've had a trial job because sometimes you can interview someone they interview absolutely fantastically you give them the first task and you're just like oh my god they can't do the job so what the important thing is is to know that they can do the work and then it's like okay well let's just bring them in a little bit more and a little bit more so it's almost you just you just give them a little 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 bit um a little taste of it and then before you actually give them the full meal so by doing that, then on the culture fit, we, we will really talk about personal growth and personal development and every member of the team. It's about helping them grow to be the best versions of the self, which is massively important. We want them to amplify where they're at and have this energy of real, real, uh, like, for example, we do stand-up meetings, right? So the daily huddles we do every day, we'll do a stand-up meeting to make sure everyone feels that energy 
and we we had one of our team members um got ill the other day uh it was all right it wasn't covid uh he, he got ill the other day and um he came onto the caller and i was like go, go ahead go and recover and come back because we don't want anyone on the call that's going to bring that energy level down because wins create wins create wins so culture fit is massively important for the va or any team member that you're bringing on and then making sure that they can do the job well and start off with them like doing five hours a week and say let's just see how you get on if they do well great give them 10 give them 15 and before you know it you've got a full-time team member and then the other important thing is is make sure you've got sops <laughs> so if you haven't got standard operating procedures in place how can you expect someone to follow a, a standard procedure and then you just go how did you end up doing it like that <laughs> Yeah, because you go, well, I, I trained you on this, you signed it off, you said that you'd watched it, you confirmed that you'd read and understood it. So where's the gap? So you, you've got to create accountability as well. That's really, really important. I like that. The the trial, you know, let, let's actually see if you can do the work. Let's trial, let's start slow, and then gradually it uh, turns into something more permanent. Phenomenal stuff. Well, you've shared amazing value on this podcast today, Paul. How is the best way for our listeners and our audience to be able to connect with you and to start creating these uh, conversation, uh, conversion, online funnels, and to really build their sales and marketing? Because for a lot of them, if they don't make these pivots quickly, they're going to get lost because in today's world, it's all about, you know, those online sales funnels and especially with uh, how how so many people are working from home now. Like that's that's the key. Yeah. So the best way for people to connect with us is if you go to AmplifyCCom.com and uh if you go on there, there's, there's quite a few resources. There's a couple of free things to download. There's also an opportunity to book a call. And depending on when you go on to this, because we're always testing and tweaking things, but if you go on at the moment, there's also an interactive video on there. So we, again, even the video is not just a normal VSL. It's actually interactive where you can click and then you, you'll, you'll choose your own adventure as you're going through it. So you can go and check out all those kind of things over there. And listen, we, we're, we're very much about your network is in your net worth and making sure everyone's the right fit. So go ahead and book in a call with us. And if if we don't do what you need, then we will find the right person that does. And that's that's really, I think, what growing a sustainable business is about is finding, introducing people to the right people and building that network because that's massive. Absolutely. Well, phenomenal. So Amplify Ccom, Amplify, the letter C, and then com, guys. Everybody go check out that website. Sales and marketing and online domination is what every business must be doing right now because like you said, in the last six months, we've seen like a five-year uh, acceleration to that point where that's where business is at. And so if you want to be a successful entrepreneur, if you want to build that eight-figure, nine-figure business, then that's what you must do. Go to AmplifyCCom.com. Anything else uh, that you think our audience uh, should know or that we didn't uh, cover is kind of a last word you'd like to leave us with, Paul. Yeah, so the, the, the important thing is whatever you're doing, firstly, do it with full level of energy. And then secondly, look at, look at the numbers as an individual level. Look at every single metric and then work out how you can improve each one as you go along. And the best way to do that is being conversational and being human, you know, not, not being robotic, not treating it like you're doing a sales message, just, just write as if you're having a conversation 
And, and then once you've got that dialed in, then go ahead and automate as much of that as possible. So you can have an 80% human-like experience and then a 20% human experience that, that can be amazing for each and every person that you work with. Well said. Well, amen. Thanks so much, uh, Paul. This has been an amazing podcast. Podcast Again, guys, AmplifyCCom.com so you can connect up with Paul and his team and they can help you create your dream business, define your dream client, and start uh, getting in on this conversation because the, the, the entrepreneurs that make that uh, pivot are going to be the ones that are going to create the successful businesses and some important stuff. I mean, listening through to this podcast maybe a couple times, uh, doing that assessment of what do you love doing in your business? What do you hate? What are you really good at? What are you not? And kind of focusing in on that quadrant and you're going to see a lot of success. So awesome, everybody. Have a great day and we'll see you next time on the podcast. Are you looking for more seven-figure secrets, content, or even how you can launch your own recession-proof business? Then check out sevenfigures.com. That's the digit seven, F-I-G-U-R-E-S.com, where we share more videos, stories, strategies, funding solutions, entrepreneurial education, and even the secret business type that's recession-proof. Thank you for listening, and if you're finding value in our podcast, please give us a five-star and invite others to join the club.